Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 20 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Becchione. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome to FASD Hope. It is September. It is FASD Awareness Month. And you know that I love talking to FASD state organizations. They're so much fun to talk to. And I love learning how FASD advocacy is growing in states all across the U.S. So today I have the pleasure of speaking to two wonderful women who are parent advocates and who have recently, um, in the recent months, taken over a wonderful organization, Mass Fast. I'm sure you've heard of it. You can't you can't forget that name. It's It, it rhymes and it's great. Um, and we're just going to have a great talk today about their journeys, about what led them to parent advocacy, and then what led them beyond to, uh, to Mass Fast. So I'd like to welcome to FASD Hope, Kristen Erickson and Laura Bedard of MassFast. Kristen and Laura, welcome to FASD Hope. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's an honor to meet you. Oh my goodness. No, no. I'm, I'm like fan. I'm fangirling over here because you guys are just doing so much. So, and for the record, I know this is an audio episode, but Laura and I have the same awesome silver pixie haircut. Yeah. So I, I am, we are rocking the silver pixies. So I already am like instant connection. <laughs> just again, I'm really excited that you're both here to talk about mass fast. Can you each share how you became involved in your FASD advocacy? Sure. I'll go first because I'm I've been in it longer than Laura and and that's part of the story. So um, basically I adopted twins as infants. And anybody who knows me um, will know that I have the gift of gab and I try very hard to shorten my story. But so so basically to say that, you know, I, I'm a nurse by trade. And so when I started, I knew a lot about the medical side of premature twins, all that kind of stuff, NAS, which was with their initial diagnosis, neonatal abstinence. And so I started with, you know, knowing I would have a lot of challenges with that and it just kind of built. And that's something that I think about more and more over time is that it was always sort of a yeah, but there was this, then there was another thing. And so, you know, so there was always this constant search for different education. Like I said, it started with the prematurity then it got into more like ADHD, ADHD in early school, and um, and then RAD um, attachment dif- difficulties, and then later it was the FASD, which was more when my twins were nine or ten, and um, so I've been on this my own training journey for such a long time, and then at that at, at that age of ten or so, I found um, MassFAS, which um, was run by a wonderful advocate that we have, Enid Watson. And so with her, she asked me to help with sort of advocating, you know, when she would have training, she wanted people with lived experience. She doesn't have that herself. So then I would do that. And then over time, she would call me sometimes, will you hook up with this mom has some questions. And so this, I I guess, I, I think I did a pretty good job of shortening my story. And Laura was earlier in the journey. And so then I can bring her in and, you know, so Enid 
asked for us to connect and we did. All right, take it away, Laura. <laughs> okay, so I'm Laura. Um, I have two kiddos. Um, uh, I have a daughter who's uh, our biological and then we wanted to grow our family and we adopted our son um, at birth. So we brought him home um, and then around 18 months, he was diagnosed with autism. Uh, at Children's Hospital. And they said it looks a lot like autism, but there's something else going on, but we don't know what it is. So long story short, around four years old, he was diagnosed with FASD. So we finally got the diagnosis of trying to figure out those like lost puzzle pieces for years. What's going on? What is this? We finally got it. And it was like, great. We have this diagnosis. We can get help. Where's that magic pill? What can we do? And there's nothing. So it was like, great, you have this diagnosis. And it was like, okay. So um, we kind of, you know, did what we could. And, um, but then um, two years ago, aggression picked up and I ended up having to, we, we just needed help and I didn't have any help. So I got in touch with Enid Watson, who was um, running Mass Bass at the time. And, you know, she, I talked to her for a while and, um, there was no parent support group. I did get in touch with, you know, meet Kristen. And she was the first uh, mom I talked to uh, that had a child with FASD. I thought we were like this rare thing and nobody else had it. And we, you know, so um, they talked to Kristen and I ended up actually getting a lot of help at Proof Alliance because there was nothing in Massachusetts. So I did training support groups. I started that and then, um, you know, had been talking to, you know, Enid and Kristen and, and we decided to start a support group here and it, it grew and we started working on the website and, and that grew. So, um, eventually, um, you know, Enid, she did retire and when she retired, Kristen and I were, you knew what we had to do. So, um, that, that's kind of our story. <laughs> And it's a great story. And what you both mention is repeated so often by guests on FASC Hope. We had a diagnosis of either ADHD or autism or something like that, but it wasn't enough. It There was something else that is like a repeated, it, you know, if I had a quarter for every time someone say that I'd, I'd, I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd do something. I'd do something fun. But, um, you know, it, it's really a, a reoccurring theme in the FASD community, how our kids, they pile up on these ABC acronym alphabet soup diagnoses. And then when you finally get that FASD diagnosis, then things come together. And Laura, like you said, it's like, okay, great. Now I have the diagnosis, but now what do I do? So exactly. I'm, I'm, you know, you both, your stories both reflect that. And that's just such a common theme, um, especially from parents. And, and again, so many of our state organizations are founded by parents who want to share resources and learn resources. So I'm just so happy that you all are, are growing this wonderful mass fast organization. So let's talk about before we started recording, we talked about really January is when you both kind of picked up and started taking things. Let's talk about this past year and what you all have done with mass fast. Well, um, it's a good it's a good place to start, um, and I think that you know, for one, 
you know, as Laura explained, when Enid, Enid was our lifeline, you know, that's how we met. And it was, a, you know, she had, she was such a good support for us. And when she said she was going to retire, it was like, well, I want to do it. I, I, you know, I can't let it end and I don't know where it would go. And I don't even, maybe she knew more than we did, but I had no idea how much we would need to learn and how much differently our perspective would be than what was already going on there, if you want to say. Um, the, we, we have a, a, our parent organization is um, called um, the Institute for Health and Recovery, and they are um, quite a big organization in Massachusetts, and most of their focus is on prevention. Um, they have a lot of substance abuse um, treatment centers and, and counselors and in-home therapies for that type of thing. And so when we started, that was a big thing for us to learn and just about the organization itself and, and what grants they had, which mainly came from what in Massachusetts is BSAS, which is the Bureau of Substance Abuse Services. And so um, when we would have some of our first meetings were all about teaching us, uh, us doing trainings about prevention for those organizations, which is so valuable and wonderful. The piece that we kept kind of then bumping back into was we still have, we also have all these families who need support with the children that they're raising. And Laura is sort of the, our IT more expert. I'm not, I'm a nurse by trade. And so, you know, computers are not my best thing. And so she has been huge with adding a lot more to our social media and changing and updating our website and our Facebook page. And um, so I feel like that was a huge piece that we've added. And then with our organization, we've talked a ton with them and they're very on board with us working more towards help and support for the families out there. So, um, you know, our support group, one thing that I think that happened, our support group was pretty small when we were just the volunteer people doing it. And now, because I think of our increased social media um, and our website, we are getting, I'd say, it's gotten more like a, a new parent a week that's looking for services. And of course it's hard for us. We're giving out what we have for resources and we want there to be so much more. So, and our parent group has just gotten so much bigger and we're trying to change it and have different guest speakers on it, different people that can help and support um, and give our, our families ideas and things like that. So, um, you know, and, and then we've had a lot to learn. We have to learn about train, train, you know, we're being trained and train the trainer because now we're the educators and, you know, there's so much more to that. And, um, and then just trying to target where we want that education to go. So two things from, from that, Kristen, first of all, for our program notes for this episode, I'll be including social media handles, the updated website, all those wonderful ways that people can get in touch with MassFast. So that's number one. Number two, Let's talk, you know, before we started recording, we talked about the priority of parent support groups and the mm -hmm. importance of it. Um, either you or Laura, let's just, let's dive into that a little bit. Why are, we know, but let's share with our listeners, why are parent support groups such an important part of this journey in FASD? Well, for one, and I don't want to jump in front of Laura, so I, you know, but you can answer too, but I feel like, you know, when I met Laura, she was so thrilled to find somebody that had the same story because she didn't think there was anybody. And I think it's interesting to me how many people there are in this life and how 
little they realize that there are so many other people out there. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I went through Jeff Noble podcasts, I'm, I'm part of his um, coaching groups. I did training stuff with Eileen Devine, with Aubrey Page, with everybody. And, and then I'm like, oh, I want this idea. And that's in Canada, or this is in, you know, in Cincinnati, Ohio, or wherever they're, you know, and so finding something local is an additional piece. I think we all need to have that overall FASD education wherever you can get it and your podcast and Robbie Seals podcast. Um, and then from there, we have to pull it in more local so that we have what we need where we live. And um, as a side note, I want to add, because I am excited about this, we don't really have anything to do with it, but IHR is part of a Safest Choice training program, which is a collaboration with Proof Alliance, and I don't remember who else, Boston Children's maybe, and but it's a training that's for um, clinics, doctors, social work, clinics, organizations around FASD education to increase that knowledge base, because that's the piece I think that's huge across our country, is that you know, one of the reasons that you don't get the accurate diagnosis is number one, just that you get a diagnosis, people work off that diagnosis. They don't say what else is there, but also that FASD does not come up unless parents ask for it. And how are you supposed to know to ask for it? Exactly, exactly. And that systemic education of professionals is so important, Kristen, and I'm so glad to hear that, that that's starting. Laura, how about you? We, we had this conversation before we started recording. Um, just let's dive into parent support so for me i needed parent support um because i had no clue what we got into i didn't know anything about fasd i mean this was a surprise to us so um i had to like learn what a sensory processing just so i couldn't i couldn't figure out what you know i had to learn all this stuff um but not having anybody that you can talk to is really tough. I hadn't, I didn't know that FASD was common. Um, our pediatrician told me that they hadn't seen FASD in 40 years. So I just thought we were, this was a very rare thing, you know, and, you know, nobody drank when they were pregnant and this is just rare. And we were just kind of only a couple in the state maybe, and that was it. So, um, it was really tough and, and you really need support. And, and honestly, we have parents that are emailing us or calling us and they're just desperate for help. And there's not much, there's nothing in Massachusetts for help. And they're just looking for, they're looking for help. They're looking to meet a parent that has a child with FASD. Like they're just looking for anything. So I'm trying to do the, the uh, support group that we have, we put together and I'm trying to do everything I can to bring, you know, as many resources, do whatever we can, which is, it's me and Kristen, it's not much, but we're trying to do everything we can to help the parents because it's, I mean, you, you know what it's like, you're just, there's some days are just terrible and, and you just want to cry and other days are fine. And you just need, you just need somebody that understands because I think it's hard for me because a typical, you know, parent, it, it, they don't get it, you know, like, um, oh, sorry, we can't come to your, your barbecue today because, you know, they don't understand what could happen five minutes before. So, exactly. Um, 
but it is, it is good to have. So we, we really do have a great group growing and, and it's awesome to connect these parents. You know, someone will join that has a child say who's eight years old and we can connect with other parents, you know, at the same age and, and they can meet up and, and that's, that's been, I don't know, the parent group for me has been the best part of this. I, I love, I wish I could do more, but we do what we well, can. <laughs> y'all are doing plenty. You, you, you're doing plenty. And I know I've shared for me that parent support, I think is the most valuable resource because other parents get this journey, just like people with FASD they give this valuable lived experience. They share it. And when, you know, adults with FASD speak, I listen and I listen good because I want their perspective. It's the same thing with parents. We want to hear what other parents are saying and, Hey, we tried this, but we didn't try this in this place and that place. We get the best resources, I think, from each other, honestly. And I, I think that these big organizations are taking note of that. And that's why they're supporting more, you know, parent-led organizations because parents, we know we're, we're our kids' best advocate, you know? So we know the questions to ask. We know, like, like Kristen said, you know, well, people who don't know to ask is this FASD that needs to be out there. So parents can say, can you rule this out? Yeah. I am just so excited to hear how that's grown in such a short amount of time and how you're reaching people um, in Massachusetts and beyond. So um, I will say too, that I have gotten as much information from different parents that have been in our group that were things I wasn't even aware of. And, you know, and I feel like that's the other thing about our, our group in general, nobody's going to know it all. And somebody's going to find one thing that when they, when, when another parent hears about it, they say, that would really help me. And, you know, there are, there are lots of supports out there. They're just not always local to where you live. Yeah. And of course, since the pandemic, so many of these supports now are online, which has been, you know, such a silver lining for our FAST community, because you'd go to an in-person meeting and it'd be, you know, in a local community center or something, and maybe 10 people would show up. And now you can go on a Zoom with right. parents around the state and you see 20 people or 15 people. Exactly. It's great. Exactly. And you know how hard it is to have care for your children when <laughs> to get out to a group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. It is. It is. Oh, I, I just, I am so excited to hear what you both are doing with MassFast. So um, many of our listeners are parents, um, they're self-advocates or professionals. They're looking to learn more about FASD and um, how to be better advocates for their community. And you both have been, you know, placed in this role of parent advocate and now, you know, running your, your mass fast. What advice do you have for parents? Because it's, it's September. This is FASD awareness month. I would love to see more than one state FASD organization, you know, like even just one FASD state organization, but even if we had like a big state, you know, what, you know, two or whatever, what advice do you have for, for parents and, and self-advocates and people who want to get into this advocacy gig? I think it's a, that's a big question, but I think for one, it is looking for what is in your area or in other areas close by. 
And I also have to give a bit of a plug to FASD United because they, it, it was very exciting to me that we're actually a part of the affiliates network, which we already were. And um, so I, we have monthly meetings with all the affiliates and then there are other meetings about the FASD Respect Act. And all of that has also helped the, the, the people in that organization, I know, I knew some of the people from that organization already through podcast interviews anyway, but they have been a wealth of information for how to move it forward in our local and, you know, we are working on a legislation, and we got information from them as well. And I think also it's just search, it's searching for whatever you can find that you can glom onto to, to get your advocacy, advocacy started, I think, in that sense. Um, you know, we were lucky to have something already. I don't know how to help someone that if there isn't something in their area, except the affiliates network. And actually through that, there's a, there are small focus groups that I'm in one that's sharing what people have done on a local level to increase um, the, that in, within their own state. And I'm glad you're bringing that up, Kristen, because, and, and a huge plug, you know, we've had Susan Ellsworth on many times and um, FASD United really has, has taken that let's get the grassroots level going with FASD advocacy. And um, yeah, I am so happy to see that. And that's, that's awesome. So Laura, let's talk about things that are happening with MassFast. And, um, you know, you have these wonderful parent support groups. What are some other resources and, and things that MassFast has to offer? Um, so yes, we do have the parent support. We have really picked up the website where there's a lot of information on our website, which is massfast.org. Uh, M-A-S-S-F-A-S.org. So there's a lot of information. I'm really trying to, you know, bulk that up. The other thing that Kristen and I have, which I was really excited about, was we got in touch with um, DCF. Um, and we're going to be um, doing a bunch of trainings starting in, um, well, actually, we're going to be doing them starting very soon. And right. um we're going to be working with supervisors um, and training staff and eventually um, training foster parents on FASD. So this is something that's not has you know, not offered in Massachusetts. Is huge. That yes. is huge. Really and we, that. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that because we know that there's a disproportionate number of youth in foster care that have an FASD. And oftentimes I remember my maps training eight years ago, there was no discussion of FASD, you know, it was, you know, so getting, again, I love that you all are on that systemic training train, you know, mm -hmm. between educating professionals, clinicians, people like that. And then DCF, you know, um, children's services, that is awesome. That is awesome. And I really hope that that's something that we can see across every state. You know, I hope every state can, can do that. We hear of states, Minnesota, other states that are doing that, that are training anyone involved in foster care. Um, yeah. So that is exciting to hear that, especially knowing that there hasn't been anything like that before. Yeah. I mean, they really should be in training parents, you know, foster parents. We, we've gotten a lot of calls from you know, foster parents that had no clue or, you know, 
you just just didn't even know what to you know do they eventually got this diagnosis and you know well how come you know nobody trained us how come nobody educated us on FASD um, or they were told oh FASD you know they might just have um, you know problems reading but they'll catch up and and you know sort of nothing to worry about kind of so uh, I think that this this is this is what Kristen and I are really excited about so that's terrific. So we're airing this in September for FASD Awareness Month. Um, any key points that you want our listeners to know about MassFast and the work that you are doing? Well, we are um, working very hard on reestablishing an FASD task force to help us with, um, you know, again, moving forward and what direction we want to go in. And so that's exciting. We, by now, well, considering this will air in September, will hopefully have had at least a small FA, uh, run FASD um, contingent from Massachusetts um, because that's so important. And um, right now we're waiting on a bill and it's right now it's July and I'm not sure if that's going to make it through this year, but if it doesn't, then we'll be working on that. And with our all the extra lived experience parents that we have, we're hoping that we would be able to really um, change the communication of why it's important for, um, you know, for changing our legislation and then moving forward with more FASD supports. So lots of great things happening. So this has been a busy year for you both. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be even busier um, next year. So I would love to have you both back on for an update, especially hearing about the training, especially hearing about the, you know, the, the task force. I am just so, so thankful for the work that you do. So before we end on our hope takeaways, can you share how people can get in touch with you? That's yours, Laura. Okay. <laughs> so you can go through our, um, our uh, website is probably the best way. So massfast.org. There's a contact page on there. We also are on, we're on Facebook and we are on uh, Twitter. So you can find us. Um, but if you go to our website, massfast.org, you can get links to everything there and you can, and you can write um, and contact um, Kristen and I. And our joint email is FASD at healthrecovery.org, which is a way to reach us too. Again, we'll be adding all of that information in today's program notes, as well as our social media posts. So it has been a pleasure talking with you both, Kristen and Laura. We love to share um, words of hope for our listeners because like, like we keep you know, repeating, this is an isolating journey. It's a very lonely journey. It's a very hard journey. Uh, however, there are lots of moments of hope that we can hold on to. So um, can each of you just share some words of hope for our listeners to end this wonderful episode on? Sure. Um, I, I have a whole bunch, but I wrote down a few. And one most important one is don't forget to take care of yourself in this journey because it is so hard. And if you don't, you will lose yourself. Um, you know, you can easily fall into that. Um, reaching out is of so much importance. And I know I already mentioned asking for the diagnosis or continuing to follow up on more diagnoses if you're not getting what you need. And um, the things that I have learned about my children and the strengths that I can see in them that you have to look to figure out 
are are so important and when you see those strengths and you can support that in your child you're going to bring out all the best in them love those words of hope laura how about you i would say ask for help take care of yourself and it's very hard to sometimes and you know advocate you know for your your kiddo in school and I guess those are kind of my, my, uh, my words of wisdom. I, uh, but I guess asking for help is, is what everybody needs to do. Cause you can't do this by yourself. And there is inherent hope in help. Yeah. So, um, actually I think that'd be a great hashtag. There's hope I in like hope. That. Hey, all right. I always like to get a hashtag out of every episode. So that's going to be ours. (laughs) So Kristen Erickson and Laura Bedard of MassFast. Thank you so much for being on FASD Hope today. And thank you so much. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.